CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. New coronation details are revealed as King Charles praises William and Harry, but is sad at Meghan's decision to skip the big event. There's core issues here, this huge schedule issue with um, Archie's birthday, I think was probably really key in their decision because we have heard time and time again how important Meghan's role as mum to Archie and Lily is. Plus, Meghan McCain slams Meghan and Harry as they are struggling since Bear's release. There's a lot of space for criticism, I think, on on both sides, really. And I think it, it was a lose-lose. No matter, there was no winning in this one. Plus, Tessa Dunlap, author of Elizabeth and Philip, breaks down their romance while revealing how Harry feels about attending the coronation. He's coming alone. He, that means he's exposed, effectively. Uh, he will be made to sit, I'm sure, among the also-ran royals at best. So he will have that feeling of demotion. We've got that plus so much more on today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and we are just a few weeks away from the coronation and lots of details are, be are being released. I know, I feel like I've said this every time in the last few weeks, but it's really getting close <laughs> now. This big historic event is just a few weeks away. I am very excited. I'm just around the corner and um, obviously... It's getting a lot of people talking, so we wanted to see what you guys had to say about last week's show. And Terry says, when Princess Catherine said it was the hardest day of her life, I don't think it had anything to do with Harry and Meghan. I think it was more in reference to the loss of the Queen and how much she was loved by everyone. We all felt that loss, and just doing a walkabout had to be hard after that. This was, of course, in response to Robert Jobson writing in his upcoming book that this walkabout with Harry and Meghan after the Queen's death was one of the hardest things she had to do. But I think that our... Um, our watcher definitely made a good point. It was just a hard thing to do in general. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that, about all of the emotions going on. You know, it must have been, I would not want to have been in her shoes that definitely day. Definitely not. No, definitely not. Um, Pam says, she probably made that statement in regards to the situation, the death of someone she loved and respected. She's in mourning and having to watch everything she says because it's going to be twisted into something terrible. I hate that for her and William. It really shows how forgiving they are when you have to have to be with someone that vicious. Um, kind of, you know, piggybacking on that other comment. And then Amparo says, me too. For me, boring without Tiara. They deserve it, especially to Princess Catherine, the Princess of Wales. Yeah, talking about how possibly no Tiara is at the coronation. A lot of people aren't very happy about this. No, we still don't have a firm answer on this, yes. but I, we better see some Tiaras. <laughs> better see it. We better see it. All right, well, let's get into our news of the week. And, uh, you know, shortly after we filmed this last week, it was announced that Prince Harry will attend the coronation of his father, King Charles, but Meghan will not be by his side. They confirmed that he will be in attendance 
sense, um, but that the that um, Megan will stay home um, in California with Prince Archie and Princess Lilibet. It is Prince Archie's fourth birthday, so she's going to be staying home. Um, what are your thoughts? Were you surprised that she decided to to skip? I think I really think practically this was sort of the only answer. It it really is like the most balanced solution in that Harry is still there. You know, he's a part of this royal event, but they're not necessarily taking all of the spotlight away from the royal family. They're also not, you know, Megan is with her children, which is the most important thing for her. And she's, I think it might be a bit of self-preservation. You know, I don't think Megan's the villain here. Right. I think this might be self-preservation because, you know, coming to the UK, she's coming to a country that overwhelmingly dislikes her. Um, she'd be in a, in a, a church full of foreign royals who have all spoken out against her because almost every single European or foreign royal family has spoken about how they disagree with what they're doing mm -hmm. in one form or another, um, surrounded by a family that, you know, they've gone on and, you know, sort of mocked and badmouthed. So I can't fault her for not wanting to go and right. put herself in that situation. I agree with you. Yeah. It's, but it's like, um, you know, the lose-lose situation, like Absolutely. people are going to criticize her for not going. People are going to criticize her for going and you know, if she went, she'd be like, oh, how come you're not staying home with your son for his birthday? Like, it's just, you know, Absolutely. she really can't win in this situation. So it is probably better that she stays home because that would have been the headline, her uh, attending yeah. the, the coronation. And that's probably not what they want it to be about. Um, right. So, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's uh, it was lose lose. There was no not really a great solution to this. Mm -hmm. This was kind of the the only one that was sort of the least bad. <laughs> you know, this no, was the totally. Yes. No, <laughs> totally. Um, well, as we know, this coronation celebration seems like to have a strict guest list and Prince Andrew's ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson, didn't make the cut. Um, a source confirmed to us weekly that he did not invite Fergie to the coronation. And she responded, um, telling the Loose Women co-host, you can't have it both ways. She, of course, separated from uh, Prince Andrew in 1992 after six years of marriage. They're still, still very close. I believe they still live together. So um, we're, this was a little surprising to me. You know, there's been a lot of interesting updates on this guest list as we learn more and more. There's lots of peers of the realm. You know, you sort of talk about dukes throughout the United Kingdom who are not invited. Mm -hmm. People you might traditionally think, well, of course, you know, so-and-so would be invited are not However, there is a huge emphasis on inviting um, sort of uh, representatives from major charities, people who have done a lot of good for the United Kingdom. So I do wonder where the balance is, how they appropriated X amount for, you know, charities and representatives from around the UK and the Commonwealth, um, you know, foreign ministers, for lack of a better word, heads of state, foreign royals versus, you know, literally family members and members of the British peerage. It's an interesting combination. And I do wonder how they sort of made those cutoffs. No, definitely. Yeah. I'd love to be, I'd love to be in the room on that one. Um, well, we do know the coronation concert lineup has been announced. They, the BBC announced the roster of performers and, um, it's going to be Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, Andrea Pacelli, um, as long as well as take that plus UK talent, Sir Burn Turfle. Um, so there's a lot of people um, that are going to be performing. Um, Katy Perry has served as an ambassador of the British Asian Trust, a charity co-founded by uh, King Charles to tackle poverty. So there is a, a tie there. So it's like a, a good roster so far. It sounds like a lot of fun sort of spanning generations. Yeah. And it was interesting. Almost all of the singers 
that are performing, we they were able to pull up photos of King Charles working with them yes. in the past. So I think mm-hmm. these might actually be more personal relationships rather than, you know, like the next big thing or, like, you know, the hottest star. This is actually people who have worked with Charles. Again, so much of this comes back to giving back representing those charities, those, you know, the trusts that they're working for. So I think we might see that as a thread throughout these events. Definitely excited. Just like we said, a couple of weeks away. Well, King Charles is still uh, busy in the lead up to uh, the coronation. And he actually praised his sons, William and Harry, while addressing the new graduating class at the Prince's former military academy. He said in a speech for the 200th Sovereign Parade at the Royal Military Academy and Sandhurst saying, speaking as a father of two alumni of this academy who remembers William and Harry's passing out parades, I know they will be full of immense pride in witnessing you on parade. Um, he had participated in the tradition of inspecting nearly 200 cadets who were officially commissioned as army officers following their 44-week training. He also presented the graduates in new colors for the military school, which bore the new cipher of His Majesty the King. Um, William and Harry did graduate from the prestigious academy in 2006. Um, he also said, and Prince King Charles also attended decades ago, saying, haven't attended and survived two of the other military academies 50 years ago. I think I have some idea of the challenges which are inherent in military training. I have experienced the nerves, the exhaustion, even the self-doubt. But despite such recollections, it is the lifelong friendships which are forged throughout through shared hardship and the humor that you find in the darkest hours of the coldest, wettest nights which remain with you. So definitely nice that he took some time out to um, honor these cadets, honor his sons, and kind of reflect on his time as well. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. It really highlights how important the military is to the royal family. And, you know, in the UK, you serve for king and country so that it's very much synonymous with with the royal family, with the king. You Mm -hmm. know, they're so, again, interwoven. And I think that it must be so special for the king, the king to be there giving this speech. You know, that's a huge honor. It definitely is. Definitely is. All right. Well, let's build a royalty. And like we said before, Meghan Markle will not be attending the coronation, but a source does tell us that Charles is sad that Meghan will not be in attendance. Charles was hoping the coronation would be a chance to better connect and maintain healing between them. King Charles is um, King Charles is sad, like we said, that she cannot attend, but is thrilled Harry will be in attendance. A source also explained, like we said before, that the reason uh, she will not be there is um, is because obviously she doesn't want to miss her son's birthday. Said as much as Megan appreciates the invite to the coronation, she wouldn't miss her son's birthday for the world. Despite being the Duchess of Sussex, Megan is mom first. They said that she feels very grateful to be included in such a special occasion by the royal family and is glad that Harry can go and show support on behalf of their family. But being the same day as Archie's birthday, unfortunately, she's just going to have to miss out on this one. That's kind of like what we said before. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, but, yeah. you know, uh, hopefully this there'll be more opportunities later on to maybe work on healing this relationship. Yeah. And I think, you know, there was some people criticizing, well, King Charles should have done more and, you know, given more concessions. And then there were some people saying, you know, Meghan and Harry should have done more and and given up more. But I really think that there's some, there's core issues here, this huge schedule issue with um, Archie's birthday, I think was probably really key in their decision because we have heard time and time again, how important Megan's role as mom to mm-hmm. Archie and Lily is. 
so uh, yeah, I think again, there, there was no winning in this one, but I, I don't think it was anyone's fault really. I don't think so either. Well, a lot of people have been speaking out about the Sussexes and Deepak Chopra actually spoke out saying that um, she, that they are struggling during the lead up to the coronation. So he is one of the most prominent figures in the new age movement. And he told the daily mail in an interview that the Sussexes are having a difficult time amid their ongoing Royal drama. They said they're struggling right now. Um, and he told the outlet about his, you know, his periodic time that they have spent together. He worked with Harry and Meghan several times. He appeared on their Archibald podcast and participated in her 40th birthday initiative in 2021. He added, I hope they get through it, through it lighthearted. I think there's too much drama around them. People should mind their own business. I mean, I would imagine they probably are struggling. I mean, it's been, it's probably the spare, um, reception was not what they maybe thought it was going to be. And probably they didn't think that they were going to get as much backlash as they did. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, definitely I, been tough it, for them. Yeah. This, the spare backlash. I even think that the Netflix, because we really yes. saw their polling numbers really mm-hmm. di- started to nosedive following the Netflix special, which I think didn't go as well as they had hoped. Then there was spare and the press tour. Then there was the South park episode, which is really probably right. more damaging than you normally would have thought. So I think it is a tough time. And I think they're, they're really struggling to shake this image of just, you know, talking about how terrible the Royal family is. It's, it's hard for them to just move on with meaningful work. No, definitely. It really is. And like, uh, like we said, everybody's kind of slamming them and Megan McCain got in on the action. She wrote an op-ed for the daily mail saying there are arguably few people on earth more obsessed with seeing themselves on camera than Megan. Now, all of a sudden, she doesn't want to be pictured in public, dressed up in one of those ridiculous tiny hats. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. She said that the Duchess of Sussex is chickening out and clearly unwilling to face the music with her in-laws and the British public. She's not convinced that uh, her reasons for staying home are related to motherhood. She wrote this as a gallant effort at public relations spin, invoking their child's birthday party, claiming that it was a chance to peacock in front of the world to blow up balloons and surf cake in the backyard. Oof, yikes. Um, she alleged that Megan was skipping out on the affair because of how deeply unpopular she is in her husband's home country. And she further claimed that if the Sussexes were really interested in healing their family, they would have welcomed this olive branch and both made the trip across the pond. She concluded in saying that uh, Megan passed on the coronation because it's not about her. Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) (laughs) She did not hold back. A lot of people do echo those sentiments. Although I will say, have you seen their backyard? Like that's a pretty special backyard to blow balloons in. But, you know... There's a lot of space for criticism, I think, on on both sides, really. And I think it, it was a lose-lose. No matter, there was no winning in this one. Yeah. So she might as well stay home, not get publicly booed, and have cake with her son. Right. Seriously, have your cake, eat it too. All right. Yeah. Let's, yeah. It's time to break down the royal rules. And like we said, joining us this week is Tessa Dunlap. She is the author of the new book, Elizabeth and Philip. It's a great read about their early relationship and their marriage and um, a lot of great insight. And she also talked a little bit about how Harry feels about the coronation. So take a look. It was so interesting because we said, you know, this really takes us so far back into the beginning, uh, not even of her reign, but almost of her life because their love story starts when Elizabeth was 13. Is that right? Yeah, that's when they first meaningfully meet. And it's really interesting because I have a daughter of 14 and I'm, you know, I think it's very easy for us to go, oh, how ridiculous Elizabeth was only 13. I mean, she dressed like her little sister, Margaret. She always looked young for her age and sort of buckled shoes and and summer frocks. And so it's hard to believe she might have sustained this crush. But... 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. She almost certainly did, because we know that a year or so later, locked down in Windsor Castle, she's cutting um, press releases or, you know, anything, anytime he appears in the press, his war service, she's cutting them out and putting them in her scrapbook. Now, if that isn't evidence of a teenage crush, I don't know what is. It's a bit like my teenage daughter putting pictures on her wall. You know, it's sort of similar. Well, you know, you talk about she almost their relationship almost evolves with the times, as you say, as more women enter the workforce. Elizabeth's been in the workforce and they're sort of working through these issues as society is working through them. What do you think they learned from that? And do you think that they passed any of that on to uh, then Prince Charles in their hopes for his marriage? I think that the the, marriage of Elizabeth and Philip was, it was wit-woo, it was fairy tale, it was global. You guys in America couldn't get enough of it. I mean, you could sort of um, visit wedding presents, apparently, in New York. You know, it's like it it probably was the wraparound gig. And they had Hollywood good looks, that pair. If you think they were very young, um, this was a time now of mass media. So everyone's buying into this monogamous, wonderful, glamorous post-war couple, optimistic peace times. What happens is the idea of that marriage is like frozen aspect. So you have the, you know, the wonderful marriage of Elizabeth and Philip, and then you have the four children coming in behind. So you have this very much this idea of family monarchy, and it's quite frozen. So whatever's going on behind the scenes, little clues, mm. Queen says on her 25th wedding anniversary, oh, you know, tolerant marriage is where it's at. Well, read into that what you will. Um, there's little clues that it might not always be easy, and there's little suggestions in the press now and again, particularly in the American press, incidentally, in the late 50s. But what doesn't happen is there isn't an unbuttoning or an invasion of the couple's privacy. At the same time as you have this frozen image, certainly in Britain, and I believe so too in America, you have a social revolution. So finally in the late 60s, the floodgates are opened and the divorce laws are reformed. About time, the commission had recommended it some 15 years earlier. So actually this vast social change, no longer do posh people just turn a blind eye to infidelity, no longer does marriage trump all sorts of things. They, they really are. Elizabeth and Philip's generation, I know this from working with that generation, they're the last generation to get married and stay married. And the problem for the children of Elizabeth and Philip is that this expectation, the fairy story, royal wedding, marriage, family narrative will continue when actually the reality on the ground is totally different. 50% of marriages are failing. 
So statistically, at least two of the Windsor children were going to get divorced. If you look at what was happening on the ground, not just at the perfect frozen image of Elizabeth and Philip, however real or unreal that was. Do you see? So I actually think it made it harder for Charles and Anne, of course, got divorced. Andrew got divorced. It made it harder because the expectations were unrealistically high. And a lot of you look, I remember, I'm old enough to remember the wedding of Diana and Charles. Mm-hmm. And it was fairy tale wedding. It could have been Elizabeth and Phyllis. Big, puffy dress, vows, blushing Virginia bride, slight player, husband, naval uniform, you know. So I think there were difficulties there. And I have to have a bit of compassion for Charles and, of course, for Diana in that context. It was harder for their generation. Well, I know, you know, we have the coronation that is just around the corner. And obviously, Charles is, uh, you know, handling um, his new role as king. How do you feel like he's been doing so far? Where I'm a bit saddened is, and I don't think it's necessarily the fault of the king, is I think because of all the Harry and Meghan fallout, let's just name the elephant in the room, Mm They've been dragged a bit into this identity politics, dog whistle politics. Suddenly, and you'll see this, Christine, because I believe you're based here in Britain. We have this very, um, how can I put it, belligerent, predominantly right of centre press, tabloid press, who are often critical of our royal family. But in the wake of the Harry and Meghan debacle, they've Park their tanks firmly on the lawns of the royal family. Everything Camilla and Charles does is right. You know, go, go, best British, criticise the monarchy. Absolutely. You know, everything Harry and Meghan do is wrong, wrong, wrong. Everything the royal family do is right, right, right. And the problem with that is, um, in it, it's a very black and white narrative. And, and what the monarchy needs to do, really, and what the Queen did very effectively, is it needs to be above that noisy political fray. How do you feel Harry feels about going back to the coronation now? Do you feel like he's nervous? I mean, and, you know, going alone, he's not going with Meghan and his family. How do you feel like he, what his mindset would be like going into this situation? I think it's going to be a bit of a nightmare for him. I mind. I don't know. I was watching the body language when he came out of St. George's Chapel when the Queen had finally been laid to rest on the last day of the funeral itself. And um, he was sort of helping Meghan into the car and pressing out his cheeks and he just he just wasn't a man who was comfortable in his skin. Mm-hmm. And this time he's coming over without the support of Megan. Clearly, he does lean on her very heavily. I think clearly they bonded. They both had painful childhoods. They found or took solace in, in each other's respective narratives. And he's coming alone. He, that means he's exposed effectively. Uh, he will be made to sit, I'm sure, among the also-ran royals at best. So he will have that feeling of demotion. One of the very big parts of being a senior royal is, of course, your honorary military role. That's what that's what the military is all about. Mm-hmm. It's about hierarchy and who's at the top of the hierarchy. So again, that's always going to be painful for Harry. I think that's the reason it's going to be a very quick in and a very quick out. People are cynical. They say he's got to do it for his next book, blah, blah, for the foreword of the paperback. Yeah, at this point, I'm like, guns down, guys. How did you think he was going to make his money when he left? And by the way, yeah, he's always going to be competing with Kate and William. So he's always going to have to try and make shed loads of money. You you can't drop that entitlement. We saw it with Philip. Exile Prince couldn't drop the entitlement. It's very, very difficult. Ask anybody of any ranking in society. If you don't hit the station you feel you're destined for, it's difficult. It's painful. 
and and that's his journey and we saw that with Edward VIII when he you know went into exile he never felt he had enough money he always felt bruised oversensitive you know it's going to be tough outside the institution life is long especially with genes like Elizabeth and Phillips huh and then finally, do you feel like Meghan should have uh, attended the coronation? Do you feel like, you know, some people are saying that she's chickened out and, uh, you know, that's why she didn't go? I mean, what, what's your opinion on that? I think she would have been damned if she did and damned if she didn't. Right. I think mm-hmm. what's really interesting is the whole narrative is so convenient was to blame the woman. Mm. Um, and I think initially very much Megan, certainly in our press and on social media, it was more social media than the press. I think that couple tend to conflate the two. But um, there was this absolute kind of going for her, you know, it's very unpleasant trolling and 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 viciousness. When actually, I think what we've seen is at best, Meg, or at worst, even Megan carried an ambivalence towards monarchy and a, a really a total lack of understanding about what it was and how it worked. Mm-hmm. And I think driving their creative production of that narrative, which is what their Netflix and their books been, has been Harry. This is Harry's authored history really it's Megan's very much taken a back seat over the last few months and Harry's front-footed it even to these preliminary press um trials that he's having here in the UK so I think sh- she's understandably Harry go on this is your family it's your stuff and there'll also be a bit of her I think that thinks why the hell should I give that coronation my star quality now you could say she ain't no star she's a two-bit actress but the truth is the sum of their parts is greater mm-hmm. than when they're separate and we have to admit that together they would have delivered a star power we're not going to see and that's a loss that's certainly a loss from our perspective as voyeurs who like talking about it i think probably the palace is a bit relieved don't you <laughs> i don't know Definitely a great read, and I have to agree with her. It's probably going to be a nightmare for Harry. Um, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our pint-sized palace. And Prince George is, of course, uh, the second in line to the throne, and his coronation participation marks the first time in modern royal history that a future monarch is officially involved in such a service. According to The Telegraph, George will become the youngest future king to play an official role at the coronation. Um, the author Hugo Vickers told The Times that bringing George in also sends all the right symbolism for the future future and gives him something he will always remember. I'm so excited to see him participate in the coronation. And it is, it's, we are watching history in the making. It is. It's amazing. You know, I can't believe it, but he's going to be 10 this summer. So many of us feel like we've really watched him grow up. He's turning into this little man in his little suits and ties. And so I think this will be special for a lot of people who feel sort of invested in in him as future king. I think it'll be, I'm really, really glad that he's included. It feels like yesterday we were just seeing him on the steps of the hospital and now he's dead. That means it's time for eye cream, Christina. Seriously, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Royally Us. Please keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we will see you guys next week.